Welcome, everyone, to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. This is episode 156, and we're discussing anime characters we wish were real. As always, there'll be spoilers throughout this episode. We haven't done a catch-up in a little bit on what we've been watching. Um, Let's talk about summer. Are we on summer? It's summer, right? Yes. Summer 2023. (laughs) The season's going to wrap up end of september yes so we're we're almost there so i figured let's let's talk a little bit about what we're enjoying the most right now um anything particular come to mind i mean for me i I, i've kind of put some summer shows on the back burner for now while i finish uh there's still some spring shows that i'm trying to catch up on uh which i finished heavenly delusion by the way and i thought that was a pretty pretty good pretty good ending to the i'm calling it the first season we haven't announced anything yet uh um, i know you and i were talking about that because i was waiting for you to finish it because i have theories about what's actually going on yeah and i think we came to the similar or came to a similar conclusion we're not going to go into detail here since that would be spoilery but i will say that the show leaves a lot of mystery still and intrigue as to what's going on uh but to go back to summer uh i I would say the two shows that we've been pretty good about uh staying current with is zom 100 and ruroni kenshin Uh, um i'll say um i'm enjoying zom 100 a lot um i think it's (laughs) you know I, i feel like the zombie apocalypse sort of story and genre has been run to the ground for many years now but zom 100 feels like such a fresh take on that uh, and especially framing it uh, through the perspective of like a a millennial who's just like sick of of being a cog in the corporate machine and having this freedom um, and seeing that really through akira's eyes and how he's finally able to enjoy life despite the sort of morbid circumstances yeah, I agree. Zom 100 is really fucking good. It's it's just so, it's bright both like literally because of the colors, but also just the the way the storytelling is and the the characters' personalities. Like it's just a fun show, which is unexpected for the setting that it's in. But I like. I agree. It's a fresh take on it, and it's it's nice to see that classic genre zombie 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 uh, horror kind of spun in a new direction. It's also interesting because I think your sister mentioned that she watched the live action adaptation of Zom 100, which had also come out around the same time that the anime had started up and she wasn't that thrilled about it. But I, think I we, mean, it's a live action. <laughs> yeah, I think we both encourage her like, just, just watch the anime then. And it's funny because I feel like the Zom 100 anime is something that she would actually really enjoy. She's not a huge anime watcher she she watches anime like on a very rare occasion um so i feel like zom 100 would be worth it for her but hopefully she didn't like ruin her her enjoyment of it by watching the live action hopefully she's not turned off at the idea of watching the zom 100 anime after watching the live action and not liking it so much because i think she would really enjoy the anime did you enjoy another show this summer? I know I mentioned uh, Roroni Kenshin as, as one of the other shows that we've been 
catching up with, but I didn't know if that was a show that you really enjoyed or something else. Yeah, Kenshin's good. Um, Mushoku Tensei is great. Jujutsu Kaisen is great. I would say the standout for me, not standout, the surprise hit for me is My Happy Marriage. I'm really fucking loving it. I think it's fantastic. I pinned it as like a slice of life romance anime, you know, my, my, you know, my fluff that I have to get in every single season. Um, and while that's certainly the case, it has a really nice storyline to it. It's not just romance for romance sake. It's not just fluff for fluff sake. It has this cool, not cool, interesting subplot where you have these two characters who are engaged, but the one character is like, a high-ranking individual who has these uh, supernatural abilities and is like OP as fuck. And the other one um, doesn't have any supernatural abilities. So there's this whole like storyline about the, I don't know if it's like society, but like people who have supernatural abilities. There's different families that have different abilities. And there's like conflict going on behind the scenes with all those families trying to like come out on top as the most powerful or um, the most influential when it comes to supernatural activities so it's not just about the romance it has this whole other piece of the story but that piece of the story doesn't feel detached because they play hand in hand um there i don't want to spoil it but there's a reason that the um the conflict is closely tied to the romance because it has an effect on the two characters that are in that relationship. Does that make sense? I'm like, I'm trying to tread carefully so I don't spoil it for anyone who's interested in watching it. I mean, honestly, I, I just, from the title, thought this was a rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a plot synopsis on Wikipedia that says it. It's a, a sort of historical fantasy drama. Yes. Yeah, it's so much more than just a fluffy romance. It has that, definitely, and it's great. I eat that shit up, but it has so much more to offer. So if anyone's on the fence about My Happy Marriage, I, I highly, highly recommend watching it. So then last question, what are you thinking about Kenshin so far? Like, what's what's your vibe? I've seen the, the uh, 90s adaptation, um, don't remember a lot of it. So we're watching it together. It's kind of like I'm experiencing it all over again, but I still kind of remember some things. But as like a total newbie to Aroni Kenshin, are you enjoying it? Because I know, I know, I talked before how it has similarities to Trigon. Yeah, I'm loving Kenshin so far. Uh, yeah, I think Kenshin himself is very similar in certain aspects to Vash the Stampede, and I think this the show overall, and maybe it's because it's based off of like this manga that came out in the 90s but it has this sort of nostalgic factor to it even though I didn't grow up on reading Rurouni Kenshin or watching the original anime um yeah I think you know every episode just kind of feels like a you know adventure of the week of sorts for Kenshin even though there are certain episodes that have like these arcs that take up maybe two or three episodes um but, you know, it's great to see him take on this sort of aloof personality. And, you know, he, he speaks in many honorifics, which are kind of represented kind of in an odd way in the subtitles. But 
uh, you know, it's, it's, I guess, fitting for where he has emerged, like in this whole, was it Meiji restoration uh, era or what is it? I think so. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. Reconstruction. <laughs> uh, hold on. I, I, I like to be. It's restoration. Okay. Meiji restoration. Uh, but, you know, like going from that personality to his sort of cold blooded, not killer personality because, you know, he's adopted a, a new way of how to effectively use his combat skills. Um, but, you know, I think that sort of dichotomy between him wanting to, you know, be more of that love and peace sort of guy, like with Vash the Stampede, but then having to resort to uh, violence for the sake of stopping any further violence is, is very interesting to me. But yeah, I, I always stop. I don't stop you, but like as we're watching, I will turn to you sometimes and say, "Do you remember this from the original series?" I and feel I'm like usually at, like no. <laughs> yeah, I feel like at this point, I should probably just pick up the original series. Uh, I might do it after the end of this season. I think there are 24 episodes total for this or this first season. Uh, so I might just do that and it, I'll probably do a compare and contrast in my head. Um, but yeah, so far I think this is pretty, this has been a pretty good adaptation and I, I'd love to hear what the community thinks. Um, and of course what, uh, other fans or like other viewers like you who have watched the original, like what you think, uh, I mean, d do you think this iteration of Roni Kenshin holds up? I think so. Again, it's been a long time since I watched the previous adaptation, so I I don't have a lot to go off of, but this in and of itself is enjoyable. I think the the voice acting's great, the animation's solid, and um I'm enjoying the story just like I did the first time around. So, yeah, I think it's it's pretty good. So, really quick, let's touch on Jujutsu Kaisen. Just just like really quick. I want to talk about the um release schedule for this cuz it's kind of it's kind of weird. They mm. released the first five episodes. Yes. As sort of like a prologue. Yeah. It's like a a pro prologue because <laughs> uh, you had Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, uh, which was a prequel. But then this is sort of like the prequel to that prequel. Yeah. So yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen's uh, order of like release hasn't been like in chronological order. Uh, but I, I would say that it was, um, what, what do they call it? The hidden inventory arc. Um, yeah. I know it goes by a, a second name too. Um, looking up really quick. Hidden inventory, uh, premature death arc. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I actually kind of like the way that they're approaching the story, at least in the anime. I don't know if it's like this in the manga, but I do enjoy these kind of like back and forth um not like time skips but just you know different points in time that we're learning about only because they're doing it in a way that makes sense right like they're giving us the things that happen like you know back in the day because it's setting up for what's going to be happening in current day and so that makes you I don't know, it makes you appreciate what's happening in the current timeline way more because now you've witnessed and experienced what led up to that point. Yeah, and I had the same feeling with Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the prequel film, 
Uh, I think on our review of that, I mentioned how I felt like I enjoyed that movie more than Jujutsu Kaisen season one as a whole. Uh, but yeah, I think it's because it, it it informs a lot of what we saw in season one. And I think with this case, with this sort of prologue happening before the events proper for Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, I think it'll keep a lot of things informed in mind as we go through whatever occurs. Like, was this called the Shibuya incident arc uh, for the rest of season two? Um, I mean, there's, I still have a lot of questions surrounding Gojo and um, Ghetto, who were featured prominently in this prologue. Uh, so, but I, I think having that context with them in this first half, or not even first half, like first, what, quarter or less? Yeah. Um, I think that'll be fruitful as we go into the present day and follow Itadori, Fushiguro, and uh, Kukisaki or Nobara again. And of course, all of you guys can look forward to uh, a lot of reviews coming up for some of the bigger shows for the season. Um, I don't know when the hell we're actually going to review Jujutsu Kaisen, though, because of the release schedule, but it'll happen at some point soon, yeah, did hopefully. You, did you watch the recaps that came out during its break? No, I don't watch recaps. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like I should because uh, it's been so long. Like, what, Jujutsu Kaisen came out... Uh, tail end of 2019 beginning of 2020 so it's been quite some time since like we, we've caught up with the story i know uh Jujutsu Kaisen zero came out last year uh so that that wasn't necessarily a refresher because it was a prequel to everything that's happened in the series um but yeah i, I feel like i need to watch those recaps before diving into the shibuya incident arc I probably, okay, I know for sure I will not watch the recaps, but it makes sense that they're filling some of that time with recaps so that the the team working on this has more time to meet deadlines and to put out, you know, the, the product that they want to because we all know how insane Jujutsu Kaisen looks and how well executed it is, and we know that that means an insane work schedule for the people behind the scenes. So I'm not mad by the release schedule. I just find it to be very interesting. I was surprised um, when I saw the news break about like the first five episodes, a couple of weeks of a break with recaps, and then we jump right back into the story. But hey, it'll be worth the wait. All right, let's talk about anime characters we wish were real. Um, I, I'm excited for this one. I, it was kind of a weird approach, though, because I almost wanted to call it anime characters we wish got reverse isekai, because <laughs> that's kind of what we're mm. talking here. Um, it's characters that we wish were real um, because they'd be, let's say, like cool to hang out with or could change the world or have some impact on society. Um, and that's kind of our approach to this. And it doesn't have to be, let's say, like favorite characters or characters we find hot. It's characters that if they were here, would have some influence on us or the world around us. You know, it's funny as we were discussing doing this as an episode, in the back of my head, I kept thinking like, this would be perfect for like an elementary school, like writing class prompt, <laughs> you know, like, like, a, like a second grader the teacher asked, oh, what anime character would you want to hang out with? And I'd be like, oh, I want to hang out with Ash Ketchum because <laughs> I love Pokemon. Uh, but no, I think for purposes of this discussion, we are thinking a little bit deeper. And yeah, I, I too 
um, just kind of thought it fit in the context of like if these were real people, would I really want to hang out with them or look up to them? And whether or not you consider this a list of characters we wish were reverse isekai'd, um, we did decide that any characters that we put on our list would still keep all of their powers and abilities. Because I feel like if they didn't, then it would kind of get kind of like, you know, boring. <laughs> right? Like it would be kind of boring. Like if some of these characters yeah. were on our list, but they couldn't do what they did in their anime, their respective anime, I feel like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I feel like my list, I chose more practical characters. Oh, so did you? I don't think. <laughs> It, just looking at them really quickly, yeah, I don't think any of them really have like magical or fantastical abilities. Okay, mine's kind of the opposite. Oh, wow. Okay. Mine are driven on what these characters can or cannot do. <laughs> well, with that said, um, do you want to go first with your list or do you want me to start off with my list? Well, I have one, two, three, four, five, six. I have, a, I have eight entries. And I call them entries because two of them are actually pairs. Uh, so uh, how many do you have? Uh, I guess I would have 10 entries because only one is a pair. Okay. It's not um, like a pair, but it's like a grouping. You could go first then. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to start off with somebody that um, if you've listened to the podcast long enough, you won't be surprised is on my list. And that is Gone Freaks from Hunter Hunter. I had a feeling. <laughs> Although, you know, maybe like our our little son, our little baby boy is kind of like Gone Freaks because we, we joked about that a lot um, on the Discord and with some of our friends that were like, yeah, our kid's going to end up being Gone Freaks. Yeah, one day I'll be gone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> gone from this house. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Well, if if we don't consider our baby... A version of Gone Freaks. And I would want the real Gone Freaks here in real life because he's fucking adorable. He's just like a, a fun ball of energy. He's just the most positive character that I've encountered in a long time. Um, even some of the more intense things that he goes through, he still finds a way to overcome them in a positive manner. And that's the mm -hmm. kind of energy you need every day, right? Like, wouldn't it just be fun to hang out with Gon and go fishing and fight people? <laughs> I mean, I think you'd want Gon on your side when it comes to, like, if you had to fight somebody. If I had to fight someone, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, notwithstanding all the Nen abilities and powers that he has, I think, yeah, Gon's just a, a good kid at heart. And like you said, just a very, very positive mindset. I, I always think of... His his fight with Hanzo uh, in the Hunter exam arc, um, just how it was an, it was an ending that I was not expecting between the both of them, uh, but you know that it, it speaks a lot to Gon's character and how he sort of views the world in Hunter Hunter, um, and you know you mentioning our kid maybe he's not going to be like the real life Gon freaks as we were expecting, but. If Gone Freaks were real, I would love our kid to hang out with him and you know just just learn from him, um, kind of share that same outlook on life, maybe even that same hairdo, even though it's like straight out of the nineties, like the spiked <laughs> hair that Gone has. Yeah, I just feel like somebody like Gone Freaks in your life would bring the positivity that we all need. If you were 
down and out, something happened, you're upset, you're depressed, whatever, Gon would be there to help lift you back up. That's just, that's his nature. Um, that's just what he does best. And even if you come across an obstacle in your life, Gon's going to find a way around it, but he's going to do so with a lot of like motivation and a lot of optimism. So that's why I was like, it'd be so nice to have Gon here in real life to hang out with but then if we add like his abilities on top of this i mean the kid's strong as fuck he'd probably win like every ufc fight you enter him into (laughs) so (laughs) you would have a champion on your hands yeah and especially the shit that he does in the uh the chimera arc the chimera ant arc yeah like you don't want to be near gone when he pulls that stuff off (laughs) (laughs) All right, so going over to my list, I have one character from Attack on Titan, and I will say it's not who you think. Uh, but I went with Armin Arlert. Okay, <laughs> that definitely wasn't what I was thinking. <laughs> right, because you know there's one character in Attack on Titan that I've been parading for many times um, on this podcast, but. You know, going through the very large cast of characters in Attack on Titan, I would say a lot of them, uh, you know, they could have a, a real life application with their personalities. But I think with Armin, it's it's sort of like it's interesting that Aaron decided to come to Armin's defense when they were younger um, in fighting off like his bullies because. Yeah, I, I, my first instinct would I, I'd probably bully the shit out of Armin when I was. <laughs> I mean, a with kid. that haircut. <laughs> yeah, like his fucking page boy haircut. <laughs> I think that was one annoying thing about Armin. Um, it's okay. He had a glow up. I mean, yes, he definitely had a glow up in the final season. But I remember watching Attack on Titan the first time. I, th- that was the one thing that annoyed me about Armin is his fucking haircut. But you know, as the series progresses, you learn how much of a a brilliant strategist he is and i think you would want someone like armin in your corner you know like that, that if you had your own real life anime trio like armin would be the brains of your group and i think he is a, a perfect brains to have especially with all the things you see him like the plans that he formulates in attack on titan for the scouts to you know succeed in whatever mission they have that's thrown thrown at him um and yeah i think even in real life thinking of all the sorts of occupations that armin could could achieve or like could um take up i think first and foremost he'd probably work well in like a military setting but you know sometimes sometimes i I picture armin as a as a lawyer too a lawyer (laughs) yeah i don't know but maybe with like his glow up haircut, of course, not the, the fucking page boy haircut. <laughs> uh, yeah, Armin is a master problem solver, right? Mm-hmm. Like any any obstacle he faces, he finds a very clever way to overcome it. Even when some of the more brilliant members of the scouts um, are stumped. Now, okay, would you, if you had to pick between Armin and Erwin, who would you would you still pick Armin? Ah, uh, that's a good one. Because, I mean, okay, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to say too much, but, mm-hmm. like, there's some parallels there between those characters. I would say, and this can kind of be a spoilery statement, but I would say I align more with Armin's goals. Okay. 
and I feel like looking at both both characters, Armin is the more humble of the two of them. And I think humility is an excellent quality, even for someone who possesses and shows that they have leadership skills and leadership experience. Uh, so, yeah, I would still pick Armin in this case. That's fair. I'd agree. Even though Erwin, Erwin will be, would be cool to hang out with just because mm-hmm. he's a fucking badass. But I, I think Armin would be better. Next on my list kind of keeps with the same theme of like a mastermind of sorts, and that's Lelouch v. Britannia from Code Geass. What? <laughs> Can you imagine if he Lelouch be... was real? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, he would be one of the great military dictators of history. Dude, he's he's crazy brilliant. Like, like both a schemer, but also like a strategist. I don't know. Like he he's got it all. I think that's what makes him really interesting. Is like his goals can sometimes be morally ambiguous um but he's just brilliant at what he does and he if he had the gyas power yeah that'd be kind of scary like as long as you're on on you (laughs) as long as you're on his good side right like if you're not trying to kill him then he probably won't you know make you kill yourself or something (laughs) yeah but he slips up with something he says to you Okay, then well, that's, then that's it. Right? <laughs> well, okay, if we know that his his gas power does what it does, then um, you know, you can you can work around that. You can figure it out. You know how things evolve. All of that. I know I'm try- I'm like trying to say it without like being like majorly spoilery. But I think it would be fascinating to see a world that Lelouch is in cuz you got this fucking high school kid doing what no other high school kid is probably capable of in this day and age. I just think if Lelouch were like in like in the government, right? Like just somewhere <laughs> in the government system <laughs> doing okay. some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. That would make uh that'd make life interesting if nothing else, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I yeah, I just think if, you know, you were to know him real, in real life, you'd just want to be on his on his good side. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you'd want to um, be an ally of Lelouch. Otherwise, it could it could end up bad for you. But I just think, again, if we're, if we're talking characters that could have some influence on the world, change the world in some way, have a major impact, I mean, Lelouch is definitely up there. Was he on the student council in Code Geass? Oh, shit. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't... I, I want to he... say maybe... But I also yeah. feel like that's that's beyond him. <laughs> but no, I, you know, I could, I could. Or no, he's beyond that. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say I could see him on like a high school student council, having, you know, this this sort of authority, not really letting it get to his head, or maybe it would. But you know, I just I can see him, especially at the high school I went to, um, yeah, him being part of that student, maybe even being the president. The president of the student council? Yes, the president of the student council. Oh, or, okay. you know what? If he <laughs> wanted to be president of the United States or whatever country he wants to be a part of, uh, I, could see, I could see that. That Again, it would just be wild to see Lelouch do that, do something like that, you know, be in a, a, a position of power um, and seeing what he does with that position of power in addition to what he does with the Gias power. Okay, I can confirm that Lelouch was the vice president of the Ashford Academy Student Council. Who is the president? 
Millie. Oh, okay. Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah. Thanks. Next character that I wish was real. Uh, this is an entry from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, and he's probably the least bizarre character on that show. But I put Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Oh, Speedwagon. Speedwagon. I think more so because him, if he were like a public figure, I think he would have such an inspiring story for the masses because he starts off as like this part of the, uh, as part of the criminal element or criminal underground in, in London. And then it's uh, Jonathan who, you know, <laughs> he, he sees Jonathan as this sort of messiah and then turns from his old ways. Sort of like this criminal rags to riches story. Because uh, if I remember correctly, he just ended up striking oil in Texas or something. And so he just became an oil baron and then used those funds to also set up the Speedwagon Foundation, which has become the the sort of benefactor for all of the things that the Joestar family has done in across all parts of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, and, you know, I think translating that to the real world, he could be a, a philanthropist who could do some real good. You know, I'm sure clandestinely he might be in Mexico trying to find some hidden artifacts that could potentially signal like humanity's doom. <laughs> but I could see him up there along with other figures like Jeff Bezos or Bill Jeff Gates. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> okay, well, I, I would, I, he'd probably be a much better person than Jeff Bezos, but, you know, just being up there with that wealthy elite, but also him having that philanthropic side through his foundation. And also, he's just a great hype man overall. Like, you'd want him in your court too. Like, if whatever project you undertake, him just being like, look what this guy's doing. Like, he's amazing at it. He is waifu speedwagon for a reason. Speed waifu. Speed waifu, best waifu. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to have Speedwagon in your corner to be to have him as part of your life. I mean, he he plays a significant um role in Joseph's life and cares very much about keeping him safe. So I feel like he's somebody that would not only help others through his foundation but like help you personally if he knew you personally because he would care very much about your well-being mm -hmm. well i will also share somebody from jojo's bizarre adventure but mine comes from part four diamond is unbreakable and that is Josuke Higashikata. I almost fucked that up. <laughs> okay. For a split second, I thought you were going to say Okuyasu. No, <laughs> although that would be hilarious. <laughs> I feel like we know plenty of people in our lives who are an Okuyasu. <laughs> well, I picked Josuke because, again, if we're talking reverse isekai scenario and can bring over, um, you know, abilities and whatnot, then he would have his stand. And while I am not a stand user... Um, I can imagine I would be able to see what his stand can do to physical objects. Yeah, like if if a glass broke, you'd see it come back together. Right. So I wouldn't need to see Crazy Diamond necessarily, but I could see what it, it is capable of. And can you imagine having something like Crazy Diamond's ability, which is to repair what's been broken? That would be amazing. 
That right? Would fix so many world problems. Yeah, or just problems in in my own life. Like if I fuck up and I drop like a plate and it breaks, but like Josuke, yeah, help le- me out. <laughs> <laughs> leaky pipe, leaky faucet. My car breaks down. Josuke, help me out, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be awesome. But no, like Th- that'd be more of exploiting. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I'll find a way to repay him. It's fine. Um, but it'd be cool, like having a a stand user. And knowing that stands are actually real, even if I can't fucking see them, that would be awesome. That would be like a dream come true. You wouldn't have to. What's that meme where um, you you beg your uh, sleep paralysis demon to be oh, your stand? Your stand. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have to go down that route. <laughs> also, just seeing that hair in real life. I mean, I know there are plenty of like Japanese live action films and tv shows that have characters with josuke's uh, what do they call it? like steak hair or what pompadour <laughs> yeah it's pompadour <laughs> steak hair i don't know because you know i've seen memes where people compare it to like a piece of steak um but yeah I, I don't know like seeing that in real life would be like not like a wig or anything but just someone with that pompadour like josuke's like i don't know i, I feel like that'd be kind of cool to see not only that but i think of the jojos josuke is gonna be one of the most fun to hang out with because let's let's run through them jonathan a little too straight laced joseph mm. would be the other great one to hang out but yeah he'd with. Be he would more be like fucking a awesome crazy uncle yes well that, depa- yeah. part three one yeah um jotaro i mean i love a good sunday but like in real life that would just be annoying <laughs> i feel like Terrifying it would just get too. really stale yeah. after a while um Giorno's a little too like straight laced as well i don't even know like if he has a, a, a he has a sense of humor <laughs> yeah he's more of the stern type yeah and then, then jolene i mean she'd be fun but she's kind of wild re- she'd be rebellious yeah she'd get you in a lot of trouble mm-hmm. um so i feel like josuke is a great option both because of his personality and because of what he could potentially do with crazy diamond now talking on a, a bigger scale he could he could fix a lot with crazy diamond he could change a lot of situations for a lot of people by being able to repair what has been lost so that would be really cool except that there's that one thing he couldn't repair oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i'm gonna talk about another great kid well i think this kid's a lot younger than josuke uh but this is younger than gone um yeah actually uh, because this character is from the show kotaro lives alone oh my god and i think everyone knows who i'm talking about i'm talking about the main character kotaro i just think he's just the sweetest boy who thinks he's mature for his age and i, I know that can kind of come off as annoying to some people but <laughs> i think this is probably going to be a meme at this point of how much we always say you know, just go into Kotaro without having any prior knowledge of what's going on. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that's it, still it's still the case here because I don't want to delve into details about, like, why Kotaro is so endearing once you get to know him a little bit more. Uh, but I guess to compare it to something in real life, he kind of reminds me of... So I, I used to teach... Uh, music lessons part-time during college and he reminds me of some of the kids that I used to teach uh, you know kids that they, they think they <laughs> they think they know everything about the world but you know you kind of try to bring them down to a level where they can understand themselves and kind of understand like what life really is all about uh, and so I, I kind of see elements of Kotaro 
from each of those kids that I've I've taught. So, you know, I, I think Kotaro's case can even like just by himself apply to many kids in real life, and you know, it, it it's in ways that you wouldn't expect if you're you're not sure of like how we're talking about it. again i'm trying to talk about kotaro from a high level but there are aspects of kotaro that do feel very real but i want to be part of the aspects of kotaro that can be like his his kind of protector you know like his his mentor and maybe if i end up going into an apartment complex and there's a four-year-old kid who lives nearby i would strike up a conversation with him and be friends with him like kotaro but not in a creepy way <laughs> <laughs> no I, I i agree i think kotaro would be an interesting one because we all hear at least at our age like how crazy kids are and how like just like immature they are yeah like do you know a mature three or four year old I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't have like a lot of kids that I know other than a couple of my friends' kids. Yeah, I'm th- I'm trying to think of like my cousin's kids. <laughs> yeah, there's not one of the there's not one of them that one of them's pretty mature, but I don't think on the level as Kotaro. So it'd be interesting to hang out with a kid that's that mature and see how his mind works when he hasn't had a lot of worldly experience. I just think that'd be fascinating. Yeah. Next up on my list, I have the waifu of all waifus, Marin Kitagawa from My Dress Up Darling. <laughs> boy, oh boy. That'd be a spicy one to have in real life. Yeah, okay. Marin would be fun as fuck. So she's going to be different than a lot of the other people on my list because she doesn't have any special abilities or powers. She really is a regular ass person who's kind of dumb at times, but she has such a passion for the things that she loves, which just happens to be like gaming and weeb culture and cosplay. Like... That's awesome. And that's the kind of person that I would love to be friends with, that I would love to hang out with, to like talk about games with. I mean, her games are like, it okay, but like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, games nonetheless, um, or talk about anime or work on cosplay together and just enjoy the shit out of that. That would be a lot of fun. Like she would be a really, a really good friend to have. Until she exploits you for your labor and you know creating what? her cosplay. <laughs> it's, it's more than that, okay? There's there's other benefits to that relationship. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, Marion is like everyone's picture of like their bestest weeb friend, if that's a good way to put their it. Their hot weeb friend. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I have my qualms about how how she interacts with uh, Gojo, but you know, yeah, I can see Marnie as just being a, a good friend and one that you know. There, I think there was an episode or a scene where she calls out someone for making fun of like her hobbies or her interests, and you know, I, I think Marnie is the best representation for you know, weebs as a whole, like the community as a whole, uh, of like sticking with people and. And hanging out with people who you know are unashamed to say that they have a love for manga, for anime, for cosplaying. Um, I think Marne is is a staunch defender of that, and I, I would love to hang out with someone like her in real life. 
Monin is the person that I wish I was friends with in junior high and high school because like a lot of other weebs back in that back in the day before anime really became the semi mainstream thing that it is now, it was uncool to say that you loved anime. It was also decently uncool to say that you loved video games. So to have somebody like Monin in your corner who would defend you and like to your point go at somebody if they were trying to make fun of something that you enjoy that's awesome and she goes beyond like the stuff that she loves she also gets really excited when she sees somebody else excited about whatever they're passionate about so right, yeah. she's the kind of person who i think if we had more people like her in school i feel like the world would be a better place yeah kind of <laughs> i mean we'd all be able to be comfortable with what we love and what we enjoy and not feel like we're gonna get made fun of about it well, I see your waifu, and I'll raise you one waifu, because the next person I have on my list that I wish were real is Shoko Komi from Komi Can't Communicate. She can't even <laughs> talk to you. I, I don't want to hear any arguments. <laughs> I need best waifu in my lifeu. Um I, I think with Komi, yeah, she obviously is working on the, the communication issues, and, and that's the point of her series. But, you know, I think outside of that, like, in her willingness to become friends, I think it's fantastic that you know, Komi doesn't have any sort of expectations or requirements when it comes to making friends. Like she just wants to be friends with whomever she can be. So, yeah, I know like in the show, people see her as like a high school goddess, but I don't think she elevates herself to that level. She's she's very down to earth with the people that she's uh, with and that she interacts with and i think that's a that's a redeeming quality for someone that you you could potentially be friends with i agree you, you bring up a good point like it's not just about the fact that she can't communicate hence the title of the show but that she doesn't she's not picky about her friends she's happy to be friends with anybody um even people who are questionable to be friends with but you know she's like i'll just be friends with everyone she wants to make as many friends as possible um, so yeah, you could say that you're friends with the hot popular girl. And of course, I would love to play Tadano's role in helping her to overcome her, her fears with communication and just, you know, watching her from the, uh, from a distance, seeing her overcome those obstacles. But yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing the, the scene where she's at a ramen shop and she is trying to order Either it was ramen or like a coffee and, you know, her trying to struggle with the order, but then somehow the employee understands exactly what they're, what Comey's looking for. I think just watching that from a distance here in real life would just be so funny. Um, but <laughs> obviously again, all to encourage the positivity of her, her goal in communicating. So for my next one, it's kind of a, a grouping of two characters who I think could equally change the world in a better way but like they would go about it very differently okay it'll make more sense when i explain it because you're, you're giving me this weird look <laughs> um so i would say either all might from my hero academia and or mm. saitama from one punch man the fuck okay so think about it right like we're in the throes we're probably too far into the throes of like this superhero film whatever that's going on 
Um, we probably need a little bit of a break from it. But you think about like how cool it would be to have a Marvel character or a DC character in our real world fighting crime, protecting people and whatnot. But like, what if we had that from anime? Like, mm-hmm. screw Spider-Man, screw Batman, <laughs> oh my screw God. all that. This is what blasphemy. if you had All Might from My Hero Academia, <laughs> Detroit smashing all the criminals in their face, right? Like, that would be mm-hmm. fucking badass. All Might is awesome, and he does everything with a smile. He saves you with a smile. And it's funny because I'm pretty sure his character design is a parody of like all the Americans. Oh, Super- Superman or something. <laughs> yeah, but he shines. He shines. He all shines all of them. Um, yeah, I think the great thing about All Might is with the heroes, the superheroes that you mentioned, like they each have their own reasons for wanting to become a hero. But I would say All Might is probably the most altruistic. I think he. He just wants to help people. Like, there's no... I, I would say maybe I don't know enough of All Might's backstory from, like, the manga or any other source material, but, like, his wasn't born out of some tragedy when he was younger. Um, I think it's just he has this genuine care for the people that he's trying to save. So, like, almost the the ultimate quality of what makes a hero. Uh, so I, I think... That sort of virtue is sorely needed amongst like all the superheroes that we're familiar with, or like a, a virtue that shines again brightly against all the superheroes that we're familiar with in the West. Uh, but also just a virtue that is sorely needed in today's world. And he's an all-American hero, even though he's actually Japanese. <laughs> he's <laughs> right. like, he's like, okay, so you know that question where it's like, what is the equivalent of a weeb in America, but like in, in Japan? I think it's All Might because he studied yeah. in the U.S. And that's why he has like all of those. The red, white, and blue. Yeah, Detroit Smash. Mm-hmm. I can't. The only one I can ever think of is Detroit Smash, but There's, you got like United States of Smash. Yeah. All of that. Um, He's a fucking like America weeb, <laughs> like in Japan. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you have Saitama, who would still probably accomplish the same things as All Might, but in a very different way because he would just be bored as fuck, one punching everybody, one hit KO, it's done, mm-hmm. it's over, but reliable, right? Because you know he'd get it done over and quick before there's too <laughs> much damage to the city or wh- whatever. So, you know, again, Saitama could be a really interesting option. Um, maybe less exciting to watch because there, there wouldn't really be like a fight going on. But, you know, it's still cool to watch someone who's really OP. Man, how global conflicts would just end with the snap of a finger if you had Saitama around. Uh, I think I just love the sort of unsung hero quality to him because I'm pretty sure in the series, no one really believes that Saitama is the one who's creating all of this destruction. Uh, and I don't think he really wants that credit, even though he wants to still be recognized as, as a hero amongst, like, all, amongst his kin. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that, that quality of not wanting to, it's the complete opposite of, of all my, right? Like not wanting to, to stand out in the crowd, but still having some, some sort of impact on humanity or on, on the world. I think that's best represented in Saitama. Next on my list, I know I talked about my 
best waifu being r- real, but I'm going to move over to a husbando that could potentially be real. But I'm not going to my typical husbandos that I've talked about on Strictly Anime. I'm going to a real house husbando because I put Tatsu from Way of the House Husband. But he's a Yakuza, a former Yakuza member. Well, wouldn't you want a Yakuza member turned house husband on your side? Yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he never really, like in the show, once he becomes a house husband, he never really acts upon his like violent Yakuza instincts. I mean, it, they're still apparent through his his demeanor and, of course, like his body tattoos. But I love how you know, the show is called Way of the House Husband uh, or Goku Shufuro. Um, how he kind of takes concepts and principles that are probably honored in like a Yakuza or like a, a criminal syndicate and then applies that to his, his everyday life, um, you know, cleaning or cooking, having that sort of dedication and, and striving for that quality. Uh, th- that that's something I would want in like I like we're neither a house husband or housewife, but uh, you know if we had extra help around the house, I'd love to have Tatsu there, making meals that are cooked to a tea, having a house that's cleaned and free of blemishes, impeccably. There uh, even <laughs> I know that there's the there's the one episode where he's trying to put together like a birthday for his wife, but it's just the way he sings happy birthday and presents the cake is so sinister, but you know, he, he's trying his best. Uh, and I think he's just an example of, you know, you, you could have been one thing in life, but you could have a change of heart and, and turn into something more positive. And he kind of like Speedwagon uh, went from the criminal element to something that's a lot more respectable. And I think that's a, that's a trait that, people should look very kindly on i think having tatsu around would be great because he could teach you all of the life skills not you specifically but just like in general teach people life skills like in the home and like how to cook and clean and all that stuff but like do it in a like a really effective or interesting way because he's always doing that like he he's kind of like um when you scroll through like youtube or like instagram reels or some shit or tiktoks and there's like hacks like there's just hacks there's like hacks for everything right <laughs> mm-hmm. he'd be that but like effective and logical hacks not some of those like whack-ass ones that you see on tiktok yeah it'd be like actual practical interesting useful hacks um that would help get shit done around the house i could picture him in real life like having a tiktok or and... youtube channel yeah and call himself Yakuza house husband or something. Uh, I think a bonus would be if in real life he sounded very much like Kenjiro Suda too. He would just lull you to sleep with his voice. Yeah, like lullaby. <laughs> <laughs> well, next on my list, I have L from Death Note. Ooh, okay. I was contemplating characters from Death Note, but I think they would be too creepy or too violent for me. Yeah, I wasn't going to go with light <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, but L, if L were real, all of the biggest unsolved mysteries would probably be solved. He could do it. 
I he think would he could find do it. out who the Zodiac killer was. There you go. Yes. <laughs> and like people who listen to and like are obsessed with true crime would love him. He would just be so cr- like crazy to follow. I, I don't know. Like L would have an impact on the world. He would be that detective who could crack any case, um, who could solve any mystery and would be able to bring justice to a lot of shitty situations. It's just that his his appearance and demeanor would take some time for people to adjust to. Yeah, they'd be like, "This guy's weird as fuck," but he yeah. gets to, he gets the job done, so it's fine. Just thinking of you know him crouched on his chair and you know, like he would kind of like, no shoes his, on. Yeah, flex his toes and then kind of like lick things off of his hands or his uh, his thumb. Yeah, eating sweets constantly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. Like, if that's what fuels his brain, then I guess let him be a fucking weirdo. <laughs> right, yeah. L- let, him, let him cook, right? Yeah, let him cook. Let him cook. I, I, I genuinely think Elle from Death Note would be a very interesting character to have in the real world. Plus, unlike somebody like Light, you don't have to worry about any moral ambiguity. Like, you know that he's in it for you know, a good reason. He wants to solve these mysteries. He wants to, um, you know, figure out who the criminals are um, and put them where they need to be, you know, for the safety of society, the world, whatever, right? Japan, I don't mm-hmm. know. But yeah, I think he, he would be great to have in real, in the real world. And he's a great example of don't judge a book by its cover. Like I said, let, let him cook, even though he looks like he's been a shut-in for his whole life. And then we can watch him play tennis, and that would be crazy. Oh, yeah. They have that, that tennis did. match. <laughs> that was a weird, <laughs> weird part of Death Note. So next on my list, this is the first of two pairings that I have, um, but this is more so on the music side, like anime characters I would love to see in real life um, in a musical application. I put Carol and Tuesday from Carol and Tuesday. It's because music, right? Yeah, that's pretty (laughs) much like the driving factor. I think for me personally, because I feel like I don't have many friends in real life. I don't have many friends in real life, but (laughs) friends who uh, have a, a strong musical background. So I think for me personally, like if I were to know Carol and Tuesday, they would be great buddies to just have jam sessions with and they come up with i I know like they didn't actually write the songs on the show that story-wise they did write but i'll say like they could come up with great material and you know it would be music from the heart and i think that's another thing i love about the characters uh, is that they could be these shining examples in the music industry of what music should really be like and what music should represent instead of being like part of this sort of machine of like oversaturated and overproduced uh, music. Um, I think, again, Carol and Tuesday's music comes straight from the heart and really connects with the soul. It's been a while since we watched Carol and Tuesday, but wasn't a large part of the story AI generated music. Yeah. And now here we are with like the AI <laughs> wave coming through, like mm-hmm. AI art and all that stuff. Like, right. Oh my God. So I think, yeah, them being real or like anime characters that could, be, that we wish were real, like that 
resonates even more in today's age where I get, like you said, we're surrounded by uh, AI generated art or, or, or chat GPT. Right. And you lose that human soulful element, but two characters like Carol and Tuesday, and you can kick back with them and, and know that you are making music with some of the realest homies out there. <laughs> Keeping things going um, with characters who have really strange abilities, the next person on my list is Fushi from To Your Eternity. Think about it. You're giving me a weird look. Think mm. about it. Yeah, you could going, get so going. much shit for free. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. I, I, that's a useful aspect of Fushi. Okay. I mean, Fushi's abilities are wild. He can turn into... Okay, this is kind of morbid though because... You can turn into any person who has passed away <laughs> that yeah. has come that has crossed paths with him. Um, so while that is certainly a morbid aspect, um, I don't know if I'd be as like interested in his abilities when it comes to like becoming another person. That might be weird. But when it comes to him creating stuff, that's really cool. Anything that he comes into contact with and has some sort of like st- Stimulation's a weird, weird word, but like a stimulation with whether it's like eating something or smelling something or touching something, he can then create it for himself to infinity, I assume. Um, so if you really like hot dogs, just have Fushi eat a hot dog one time. And then anytime you want a hot dog, be like, can I have a hot dog, please? Right? Like, you're looking at me weird. <laughs> I'm seeing this like being as exploitative as if Josuke were uh, real. Like, you're just gonna like your Fushi has such a complicated journey into your eternity, and here we are thinking like, hey Fushi, can you make me a, a slushy from Seven <laughs> Eleven? Again, you could take it from like a small scale to a grand scale. You know, I'm just thinking like if Fushi were my friend, if I knew him in real life. You know, maybe he could like feed me when I'm hungry, basically. Or if I lose something that's really important to me, like my car keys or um, something sentimental, and I could not find it, it's gone forever. I know that, you know, maybe Fushi could hook me up and like recreate one for me. But like on a grand scale, we're talking more like world impact or, you know, impact on society. He could, he could help with things like hunger. Or mm. medicine, like all these things that are very difficult for certain people to come by um, for whatever reason. Like he could make such a positive impact on those individuals. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be anything as like dramatic or as intense as that. But he could give a lot to many people in many different situations with his ability. Okay. That, or hot dogs. No, I you know, think, no, no, no. <laughs> clearly, I want a hot dog right now. <laughs> no, you mentioning that aspect of Fuji. Okay, now I'm more comfortable with you wanting to bring him into real life rather than just just making hot dogs for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to him becoming other people, that is a definite definite no no to me because again, like these are people who have passed away, mm-hmm. um, and so I think there's like, uh, it's just like wrong for him to impersonate individuals who are no longer with us. Um, it could also yeah. be very dangerous because it's like identity theft at that point. So we're putting <laughs> that part of his power. Joke, <laughs> we're putting that part of his power to the side. We're just thinking about like inanimate objects or food or f- like fruits and vegetables. 
And I feel like if you knew him personally, like I I know like in the show Fushi's still kind of learning the ways of life and and its ups and downs, but I feel like you could go on that journey with him as you become familiar with his abilities and seeing his impact on the world, like you could learn a thing or two about life yourself. Or as a trade-off, in exchange for hot dogs, unlimited hot dogs, Fushi could learn from me. I could teach him stuff about like the world and life because that's his journey, right? He's learning mm. about the world around him. I could teach him. How to make corn dogs. <laughs> yes, then I can have unlimited corn dogs. <laughs> Next on my list, uh, this is the second pairing that I have. And it's from an anime that you haven't watched, but it came out this year, uh, Buddy Daddies. And so two anime characters that I wish were real are Ray and Are Kaz the Buddy Daddies? Yeah, Ray <laughs> and Kazuki. Uh, <laughs> this is mostly because I think they would be ideal babysitters. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and you know, for those of you who haven't watched Buddy Daddies, I, I think it came out winter of this year, and I highly encourage you to go watch it. It's a fantastic original anime series. Um, I don't know if it really got the the traction that it I think it deserves kind of along the lines of like risk recoil uh, but watching the show you know that they would do anything and drop everything for whatever kid they're taking care of and you know, the, <laughs> you know they're they're buddy daddies but they have this sort of buddy cop relationship with each other where Ray is more of like the, the I won't say calm and collected but um, cool and slightly pessimistic and, and kind of lazy one. And then Kazuki is more of the energetic and lively of the pairing. Uh, so it kind of like a yin and yang effect. But uh, just in real life, like if I, I think if our kid needed a babysitter at the last second, I would ring them up in a heartbeat. Because uh, given that they have very clandestine or clandestine occupations uh i i think like even putting that that sort of violent experience aside um, i think they would still be competent enough to you know take our kid to school or, or make sure that he's fed for the day so as you said earlier i have not watched buddy daddies yet it is on my watch list i hope to watch it at some point um but i guess my question would be would would you need both of them in order to have a good babysitting arrangement or could like one of them handle it by themselves um i, I would say that the show heavily favors kazuki as the more competent one of the pair of buddy daddies is that the blonde one or the brunette or the, the blonde one okay. the uh, ray is uh, the black haired one okay but you know, I think there are quality. <laughs> there are some qualities of Ray, where again, with him being the more collected one of the pairing, I think our our kid would get energy off of, or would need energy off of that as well, because uh, you can't always just have Kazuki there, like frantically running about, making sure everything's in order and and all all set and good to go. I think you need some of Ray's energy to kind of keep the vibes at, at a comfortable level. Okay, next on my list, this person is from Jujutsu Kaisen, 
bear with me, Gojo. <laughs> oh my god! And not okay. because of his abilities, only because he would instantly become the hottest man alive. So you know the how like sexiest man alive. <laughs> you know how the anime community is just like. They simp for Gojo. Like, people fucking... Panties drop once you say Gojo. Yes. Like, people love Gojo. They love the, the cool demeanor. Um, They love the confidence. They love the blue eyes. Can you imagine if it wasn't just weebs drooling over Gojo, but, like, all of society because he's real and yeah, like would be on People magazine. <laughs> Soccer mom. And would be, there. like, a celebrity. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> like, he would be one of those celebrities who does nothing, but it just is a celebrity because people are obsessed with him. That's what he would be. But then also, like, he'd have powers, but I don't know if that would be advertised because, like, curses and stuff, they try to keep that shit under wraps. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I guess, like, powers aside, like, just, just looks alone. Looks and personality. Gojo would be like number one for every celebrity crush. I'm going to think if there's like a real life comparison to Gojo, like someone who has that immense star. For some reason, Chris Evans keeps coming up in my head. He's not, he's like there, but not like, like cream of the crop. Okay. Maybe because I just think that Chris Evans is the sexiest man alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you bring up a good point. Who, who would be the equivalent? Who's like, Who's everybody's obsession right now? Someone that everyone adores and just thinks oozes. Like I'm sex thinking appeal. like like Brad Pitt in his heyday. Yeah, I can see yeah, Brad Pitt. Or uh okay, I like clearly don't know shit about like who's popular. Yeah, I don't I don't I'm not in touch with like <laughs> the the Hottest okay, like on e-news. on like the female side of things, it would be like the Beyonce. He's the Beyonce of like celebrities, <laughs> like male Gojo. celebrities. <laughs> Gojo is the Beyonce of anime. He might dethrone <laughs> Beyonce, honestly. <laughs> if yeah, if he were in real life, yeah, like <laughs> I mean, he he couldn't go on tours or whatever. Like yeah, he Beyonce, could, but... just so people could look at him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. I have one more, um, and. Th- I'm curious if this character is on your list because it's debatable if this character is a character. What? Wait, what? Because this character is from Cowboy Bebop and it's Ayn. <laughs> and, you know, I don't really have to wish for this one because he's already real. Aww, so I that's, love that. Yeah, I, I thought... For my list, I wanted to end on that because, yeah, Ayn is best boy. Okay, damn it. I was going to put Ayn, too. But then I was like, does that not make sense for the li- like the, uh, the discussion? Now I'm kind of sad I didn't put him on my list. But well- I wanted to. <laughs> I definitely, definitely thought long and hard about that. But, yes, Ayn is a big part of our life. Yeah. We love him and miss him like crazy. And he was an intelligent dog. Yes. And he was an intelligent data dog. These are facts. <laughs> now we're stuck with Rigby, who is less than intelligent, but, you know, he's lovable, <laughs> yeah. and we love him to death. <laughs> no, Rigby's more like the counterpart he's named after on regular shows. <laughs> really stupid. I'm kidding, Rigby. <laughs> All right, well, I have two more. Um, so the next one is from a show you haven't watched, but hopefully you can still appreciate this one. It's Soma Yukihira from Food Wars. So he's the main character from Food Wars. And the reason I would love for him to be a real person in my real life is because I cannot cook for shit. 
I don't mm. like cooking. I I can't cook. Um, Carl knows this. Like I I make decent meals, but I can't make anything really good. So I mean, we both really can't cook for shit. But. I know this is this is not a household where we have home cooked meals. We try. We definitely try each and every week. We try, but. I don't think we were really meant for cooking. So if we had someone like Soma in our life, we would have amazing gourmet cooked meals. Not even gourmet, but just like sometimes gourmet, sometimes like down to earth home cooked meals, like anything you can think of. He would be able to cook it and cook it to perfection. I I like to eat. I, I can't cook, but I like to eat. So having Soma around would just be a godsend, honestly. I mean- as soon as you mentioned Food Wars, I figured, like, I, I, you know, I haven't watched the show, but I figured it had to be someone who was just uh, a culinary expert. So, uh, yeah, I guess I, I would agree with you. <laughs> you would make the best damn hot dogs ever. <laughs> oh <my> fucking God. <laughs> Better than, or no, have him make hot dogs for Fushi, and then those would be the best damn hot dogs on this earth. Genius. Absolutely. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I also think like Soma could be up there with, I don't know, like Gordon Ramsay and shit. But again, I'm not like a foodie. <laughs> and when it comes to cooking, my sister is. She loves like Food Network and everything. So I only know what I know through her. But yeah, Soma would, would give Gordon Ramsay a run for his money. Is he a Sundere? No. Hmm, okay. But there is a Sundere in the cast. Okay. So I was going to say, is, does his personality match Gordon Ramsay's? No, but he'd be able to deflect everything Gordon Ramsay threw at him. Mm, okay. <laughs> so yeah, Soma, I'm hungry now, as you can probably tell. Hungry for hot dogs? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Glizzies. Oh I want not, a glizzy. Let's not bring that word back. <laughs> and to round out my list, the last... Not like character, but like grouping of characters that I have would be the entire main character cast of Wotakoi, Love is Hard for Otaku. Is that the oh, title? Love is Hard for Otaku? Yeah. Okay. That was a good, that's a good one. Yes. Because we could fucking weave out, out with them. Like similar to Marin Kitagawa, Wotakoi, each of the main characters loves a different aspect of weeb culture, whether it's gaming or anime or cosplaying or what have you. If you were a part of the Wotakoi group, that would be fucking amazing. Like, they're hardworking, normal individuals, like, during the day and then at night, like, in their own time, they just, like, weave out. I kind of, the reason I think Wotakoi resonates with a lot of people our age is that we're all working adults, mm -hmm. but we also have a passion for something that isn't necessarily, at least in our society, considered mature to like it's still on its way there but we're not there yet right so like as you watch the cast of Wotakoi try to balance their work life with their personal life I appreciate that and I would be right there with them right like we would be like secretly talking about weave shit at work and then when we get home like, being able to open up and just be ourselves like that would be that would be refreshing to have those types of, of people around you, which we already do, which, is, you know, we, we yeah. definitely have that in our, you know, our actual friend groups. Um, but, you know, to kind of go along with that, the cast of Ultakoi would be right there with us. I think, yeah, to have them as coworkers is just a whole nother level because, yeah, we have our friend group that we've we've made through going to conventions and, you know, just knowing them in our personal lives. But coworkers 
again, that's that's a that's a different um, different aspect that I think there's something about knowing that someone you work with professionally also shares your hobbies. I think that's that seems like a rarity, but also like a something that you would value a lot. Also with like your, your regular group of like friends who cosplay and, and such. Um, so and you, I, you could get through the work day knowing that mm-hmm. there's somebody who appreciates the same things that you appreciate outside yeah. of the workplace. Um, I think that that camaraderie is really nice when you're at work. So having that, that commonality would make things, I don't know, it would make things like easier day to day when you're at work because, you know, work is work. Is work. Yeah. Man, I was thinking of what the koi, uh, like picking a character from there. I should I should have just picked the whole group like you did, because um, yeah, each of them just brings something unique to the table in terms of their 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 love for otaku culture or for animes or, or weeb culture. Uh, if you had to pick one of the four of them that you would most vibe with, who would you pick? It'd probably be Hirotaka. Because <laughs> I think we just share the same personality, and he's really into gaming. Yeah, who would you pick? Though? Probably Natumi. Wow. Well, because <laughs> how, how she <laughs> she just loves like anime and stuff. Like we would just both like weeb out with the same energy, right? Like I think mm. you and Hirotaka would have that same energy where it's like low-key excitement for you know video games or anime mm-hmm. not me and i would have like high-key excitement yeah and what do you have it they're both dating each other there you go <laughs> we so, could go on yeah, double dates <laughs> of course yeah we would trend towards those characters and those are the anime characters we wish were real. I feel like this is definitely a topic we could revisit down the road as we get introduced to more and more characters with each new anime IP we get introduced to. Yeah. Or anime characters we wish weren't real. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> none of them are real, but we were, <laughs> they could be ones that we really wish weren't real. I know. That would be a very different discussion. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's our list. If any of you guys have anime characters that you wish were real reach out let us know the best way is through our discord you can reach out to us on our discord chat with us about it chat with the other discord members about it um we'd be really curious to know who you guys want in real life and why because our lists were clearly like a combination at least mine a combination of people that would be a lot of fun to have around but then other people who may not be fun to have around but would be like really interesting to watch you just let them loose and see what they do to the world and then we could feature them on Strictly Anime. Wow. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Strictly Anime, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us and to tell us who you wish were real. Follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash thestrictlyseries. And tune into Strictly JoJo, our other podcast dedicated to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.